Greetings. Welcome to the Real Person, Real Needs podcast. This is episode 45, and I'm so glad that you've tuned in. Recently, we've begun to transition into a new format, more of a documentary style on the podcast to follow my life, my purpose, my mission, moving from employee to entrepreneur as I pursue my dream of acting and singing professionally, while also establishing a business in the real estate industry. This episode is going to be a hybrid of the new format and the old, mostly because some of the audio I tried to record did not turn out so well over the past week. So I apologize in advance for that. But thank you for tuning in. At the end of the episode, you'll be able to find out the information about how you can get in touch with us here on the Real Person, Real Needs podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Desiato. This is my life. This is my quest to be authentic and generous in the midst of a superficial and self-centered world and to help others figure out how they are uniquely positioned to change the world. Those of you who know me know that I am currently involved in a theater production of Avita, which I'll talk about a little bit later in the episode. But something that hit home during this process was when I received news that someone I know passed away. Now, they weren't a close friend per se, but someone who I've spent a lot of time with over the years. This man volunteered his time as the sound engineer for the theater group that I work with. What makes it all the more shocking is that I was just with him on the Saturday and Sunday before he died. The Saturday, we had our set load-in for Evita. And then on Sunday, we had what is known in the theater world as a sits probe. This is where the actors sing with the orchestra for the first time. He was there, his usual jovial self, helping people with their microphones, trying out sound effects, you name it, everything that he loved to do. I spoke with him and he helped me with my wireless mic. I even joked about how he was always careful to not rip my beard hair out when removing the tape that held the mic in place. He even came out to celebrate with us afterward. He just didn't wake up on a Tuesday morning. His death will no doubt cast a long shadow over this show, and it has. It just won't be the same without him. I'm thinking about his family and how they probably have more questions than answers. I'm thinking about the grieving that will take place for a father, husband, son, brother, and friend. But most of all, I'm thinking about how life is a vapor. You never know how much time you have on this earth, and you never know when someone you love will be gone. As I said to a friend of mine who broke the news to me, all the more important is celebrate life while you can and do the best to make a difference in the lives of the people around you. Tell someone you love how much they mean to you while it is still today. Forgive those who have wronged you and ask for forgiveness from those you have wronged. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Live your life in a way that honors God, puts others first, and most importantly, be who you were created to be with the time you've been given. So in response to that, I recently celebrated an anniversary with my wife. Now it's not our wedding anniversary, but it is an anniversary of when I first asked her out on a date and we went on a date. I asked her out on Halloween in the year of 2003. 13 years ago, I accepted the dare of a friend and asked out a young school teacher that I'd been interested in from afar. She surprisingly agreed. At the time, 
I was working as a gopher on the new construction of a performing arts wing at my church, and she was teaching in the school that was run by our church. Now, I could tell that this girl was cool. She seemed comfortable with who she was, and her confidence radiated through her and made her even more attractive to me. So I made a point to walk by her classroom as often as I could, and after a few hellos and her students noticing my repeated presence, she introduced herself to me. Yeah, I was pretty lame and didn't introduce myself first. But remember, this was 19-year-old me, and I was not nearly as comfortable in my own skin as I am now. So I was talking about this new girl I'd met to a friend of mine while she was out at recess with her class. That fateful moment, he dared me to go ask her out. Otherwise, he said, he would. So, making the long trek out to the parking lot with hard hat in hand, I very awkwardly asked this girl out on a date. She said yes, and we went out two days later. The date, November 2nd, 2003. I was young and poor and had never really taken a girl out before, so we met at church. It was a Sunday. And then we went bowling. I tried to decide whether I should let her win or impress her with my bowling skills. Yeah, as if any woman had ever liked a guy for being good at bowling. But like I said, I was 19 years old and this was my first real date with a stranger. I quickly realized that the result of the game had nothing to do with me when she beat me soundly by bowling a 201. To this day, she's never again scored anywhere close to a 201, but on that day, she must have had the hot hand. At one point, while trying to be funny, my gum accidentally fell out of my mouth and landed right onto the ball return. I quickly grabbed it and returned the gum to my mouth, hoping she hadn't seen. I found out later that she had seen, and she thought it was funny. It was that day that I found someone who would let me be me, without criticism or judgment. Up to that point, I'd always worn a mask of sorts. I was always trying to be the person that other people expected me to be. It's taken years, but I finally feel comfortable in my own skin the way I perceived her to be. In fact, my wife is the one who gave me a safe place to become the man I am today. The person that people know and love today is the result of Jamie and years of love, forgiveness, and patience. When I think about it, Jamie gave me a chance to be the real me. Without her, there'd be no real person, real needs. 13 years later, with two kids and hectic lives, I still look forward to every opportunity to take her out on a date, just like I did the very first time. Oh, and somehow she managed to stay exactly the same 13 years later. I, on the other hand, while I have lost some weight, I have more gray and I keep getting hairier. Go figure. As I had mentioned at the top of the episode, my dream is to perform professionally, acting and singing. One of the reasons I got into the real estate industry was so that I could become my own boss, so that I could own my schedule and start to pursue the things I was really passionate about, while at the same time providing for my family through my real estate business and also providing for those who have great needs. Well, This past weekend, the moment arrived, the opening of Avita. This night had been over a year in the making. You see, I had first heard that my local theater company was doing Avita in the summer of 2015. I'd just completed a run of The Secret Garden and was humbled by the positive feedback I received. In fact, it was at this time that I realized that acting was no longer just a hobby. 
It was something that I had been created to do. I'm not trying to sound all mystical or wax philosophical, but there's something that happens when you're in the moment on stage. You feel a sense of belonging, a sense of feeling at home. I knew that my life would be different from that point on. Since then, I set out on a mission to work on my craft and was blessed to have the support of my wife. You know, the one I just lavished love on. This past spring, I added my first professional theater credit to my resume, and following Avita, I'll be adding two more. Since July of last year, I've been doing my research for Avita. This is one of the most enjoyable parts of the process for me. I listened to the soundtrack on repeat. I read about the history of the real people that were portrayed in this musical. I've challenged myself to find the connections between me and the Argentine Marxist revolutionary that I am portraying. Not an easy feat, especially when dealing with such a polarizing figure. I've been fascinated by the pop culture icon that Che Guevara has come to represent. Many of those who brazenly adorn themselves with his visage have no idea the atrocities that this man committed in the name of the revolution. But on the other hand, those who condemn his inhumane acts would be surprised to discover the deep connections with the lower levels of human society that motivated Che. For instance, as a young medical student, Che traveled through poverty-stricken South America and provided free medical care to leper colonies. Seeing the hardships these people went through was what drove Che to abandon his stethoscope and pick up a weapon instead. Now, how does an actor tackle playing a historical figure, especially one so loved and loathed as Che Guevara? Well, I once heard an interview with William H. Macy in which he said something to the effect of, in order to portray someone who is bad or is doing something wrong in an accurate way, you as the actor need to believe that he is not bad. I take that to mean that you need to portray it as though you are acting from a place of conviction. Because more often than not, people who we perceive to be evil believe that they are acting rightly based on their core beliefs. I recently watched a documentary called Chevolution, which detailed the origin of the iconic photograph of Che and its impact on the culture. It's the thing you see on the t-shirts that everybody wears. I also have read his diaries as a young man, watched the film based on those diaries, and a four-hour biopic called Che. Connected with the fact that Che had crippling bouts of asthma his entire life. If you want to know more about my asthma, just go back and listen to the last podcast. I connected with the fact that he was a voracious reader and writer. I also connected with the fact that he cared so much about the plight of those in need in his country that he redirected the trajectory of his whole life in order to do something about it. Now, while I connected with his motivation, I abhor the eventual methods he used to bring about what he perceived to be a necessary revolution. For me, I am challenged by the fact that there are people in this world, whether good or evil, who believe in something so wholeheartedly that they are willing to die for it. Is the same true in my life? Is my conviction to meet real needs something I'm willing to lay my life down for? Is the love for my wife and family something I'm willing to lay my life down for? I hope that it is. I've thankfully never been faced with that proposition. But this idea, this research, this is why I became an actor. This is why I'm pursuing my dream. I love to dissect character 
to broaden my perspective, to bring words on a page to life, and ultimately to bring the audience along on my journey of discovery, perhaps to allow them to see the world differently than they once did. I did all this work so that hopefully all of this information would inform my portrayal. And based on the feedback I received for opening weekend, I think it's working. And that's encouraging, not as a pat on the back for me, but to encourage you to put in the work, the things that people don't see, so that when you present your message, when you present your talent, your gift, your skill, people will appreciate the work because they'll notice it in your presentation. I wanted to share with you the feedback, the review that the show received after its opening night performance. As of the date of this recording, we still have three more performances. And if you live in and around the Philadelphia area, I encourage you to check it out. You can find out the information on my website, jeffreydesiato.com slash theater slash news. So this is taken from B Sharp Productions website. It's a local theater communication that does reviews and, and provides information on local theater production. This was written by Arnie Finkel. Last night, I was privileged to attend the opening night of a most impressive performance of the Rice Weber musical, Evita. Everything about the show was extraordinary. MCT did themselves proud. Now, MCT is a name of the theater group that I'm a part of. Laura Donnelly carried off the exhausting and demanding lead role of Ava Perone with aplomb. She sang and danced the role with such seeming ease that she must have been born to play it. Every bit her equal was a remarkable Jeffrey Desiato as Che. He captured the angst and bitterness of the character and sang with a command and clarity unusual in a community theater production. Their waltz for Ava and Che was performed and directed better than I have ever seen it. In the underrated and sometimes thankless role of Juan Perón, Randall King was spot on. I believed in his character fully. John Ashley accompanied himself on the guitar as he sang the role of Magaldi, Evita's first lover. He did both well. In the small but important role of Perón's mistress, Maurice Bedali sang sweetly and very much in character. Brava and bravo to all the principals in this Evita. When you do a sung-through vehicle, there are several things that must be done well for it to fly. The chorus playing workers, lovers, the military, aristocrats, and Eva's family all must sing well and dance well. Check that one off, thanks to vocal directors Aaron Toscani and Emily Ballantine Herb. The dancing must be theme-appropriate, and for Evita, fiery and Latino. Done, thanks Sally Rothschild. The orchestra must be up to the intricacies of the score and must play under all the singing. Once again, more than successful, kudos to conductor Raquel Garcia. The costumes, the props, and the sound are all necessary and we're all fine here. A word about the set. Harvey Perelman did his usual magic. The unit set with all its levels works wonders. I was impressed by the revolving door at Ava's apartment and the movable balcony for her Don't Cry For Me Argentina. I also loved the use of the movie and slides that were used thanks to Dean Soltis and Tom Danella. Director Deb Schrager was willing to undertake a most difficult show and bring it off so beautifully. My thanks to her and producers Michelle Miller and Loretta Ruroad for the opportunity to see the results of all their hard work. The score to Evita is one of Weber's most intricate works. It takes a lot to do it, let alone do it well. Some random thoughts. 
I'm amazed at the talent pool our local community theaters have been able to take advantage of, particularly in musicals. The wrenching performance of Next to Normal at Playcrafters, then the hilarious, well-done Adams Family at Forge, then this wonderful production of Evita. We are indeed blessed. MCT has dedicated Evita to the memory of sound designer Ray DeSandro. Ray was a talented, happy, warm, and wonderful human being. He contributed much to many of the area theaters. Rest in peace, my friend. You will be missed. I can only hope that you will make the time to enjoy Evita. You will be glad you did. What a great review. We enjoyed that. My fellow castmates and I, while enjoying dinner together after one of the performances, were surprised to see the review released at a late hour. They encouraged me to stand up in front of everybody and read the review out loud to thunderous applause. We were all so proud to be a part of this production. And as you note, in that review, they mentioned Ray DeSandro, who's a friend to many in the local theater community. He's the friend that I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. We dedicated our performance to him and to his family. So we still have one more weekend of performances and I can't wait to get started. It's definitely going to be sad to say goodbye to this show in particular, but this is why I do theater. This is why I love it so much. This is why it's important to find something that you were created to do, to do it well, to practice, to do it with love, because there's nothing quite like it. Thanks a lot for listening to this episode. As I shared my thoughts about what's going on, I also wanted to share with you possible logistics of the upcoming episodes. We are coming up on a full year since the first episode was released. The first episode was released on November 19th of 2015. This new format that I'm producing has a greater level of difficulty and a greater time commitment. Something I'm willing to do. But I may decide to change the release schedule to be bi-weekly instead of weekly. But I will definitely keep you posted on that. In the meantime, we will continue with our weekly podcast. Just wanted to throw that out to you. Thank you for listening to this very special episode, a personal one for me, uh, as you indulge my desire to share about my theater production as I'm right in the thick of it, right in the midst of it. Until next week, figure out how you are uniquely positioned to change the world. Be real, keep it real. Thanks for listening and Godspeed.